On this episode of the Raw Podcast, I speak to Jenny Foote, who, back during Richmond's Save Our Skins campaign, was the assistant marketing manager, and she also became the marketing manager towards the end of the campaign as well. So what was it like behind the scenes at Tigerland during that incredible period when Richmond supporters, young and old, and football supporters from around the country bandied together to save the Richmond Football Club? Here is my podcast interview with Jenny Foote. Hello. Jenny. Hello. Can you believe it's almost 30 years since Save Our Skins started? Uh, No, no. Time (laughs) certainly flies by, but uh, I can certainly remember it very well. Hmm. Well, we have something in common. We have, you know, football runs in our family, doesn't it? My father played for Richmond and you have a relative who had a very good football career. Uh, yeah, my brother Chris played at uh, Melbourne and then mm. went on to coach at um, Fremantle. And uh, my nephew's just been drafted, Lachlan Ash, just been drafted to Greater Western Sydney. So we're pretty excited. We seem to bounce around all the clubs, but uh, I did say to him, I'm a bit old to now. I'm just keep my Richmond scarf, but I will buy another one. So, and it's exciting for the family. It's really terrific. You've answered my next question who are you barrack for? Because there's about four different teams there to choose from. <laughs> Yes, yes, no. started with the Tigers. Um, we uh, grew up in Nathalia and Francis Burke was coached by my dad. So I guess that's where I think Chris and I did actually start barracking for Richmond. And oh. and then, yeah, yeah. So then um, we've remained really good family friends, the, the Burks and the, the Conleys. And, uh, yeah, so I, I've really just been around. We, of course, followed Melbourne and Blood's mm. Thicker Than uh, Water, but then when we all settled back into where we used to barrack for, it was uh, it was back to Richmond for me. Well, the Burks are just an institution in the Nathalia area. I remember I interviewed Francis's father, Frank, mm. who was also a Nathalia sort of legend. So, you know, mm. Burks slash Nathalia is sort of hand in hand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and uh, Frank was a frequent visitor to to my parents' home, and he actually taught me to drive. He'd come and (laughs) drive out around the Dukey Hills, and and so I have really fond memories of uh, Frank, and I'd stay with Kerry and Francis as a teenager, and Donna Burke, Francis' sister, is is one of my closest friends. So uh, that's what football does, doesn't it? It just connects you through to to different people. And then Francis and Kerry's, you know, children, Mm. the four kids, they're just... uh, um, I'm, you know, very close to them as well. So, yeah. What was the uh, car that Frank taught you in? Oh, he had this big old white beast. It was a beast. I'm not very good with cars, but can I tell you? <laughs> no power I'm steering, on, I'm guessing. Yeah, no power no. steering. Yeah. And it was, I just remember it being really big. But I think it was just, he took me out there just for the, for the fun. I think he got yeah. a, a good laugh out of it. But he was quite the character. I just remember he had such a dry sense of humour. There was this sort yes. of this wit that was just when I interviewed him, he was talking about the war, and he just had this incredible sort of dry, sarcastic sort of dry wit, and it was just I was yes. in, a bit in awe because I thought, how fantastic is that? Mm. And that. Francis is quite witty too, yes. but Frank's was is on another level. <laughs> yeah, no, they broke the mould there, that's for sure. Let's go back to, would you believe it's August, nineteen nineteen? It seems to be. Well, the 14th of August 1990, it seems to be all the 12th when sort of the Save Our Skins campaign began. So how long were you at the club before that? Well, I started about 1988 and I think we can... I think we can go back from the, the Save Our Skins back to uh, a year before in um, 88 
in that year where uh, Footscray were going going to be moved on and all, you know, abandoned. They were in a lot of debt and they um, they had decided to come out and, and be very public about their dilemma. And I know, which I wouldn't have been privy to, but I, I imagine the board, so Cameron Swab was the uh, CEO, Neville Crow was the president. Uh, there'd been a lot of turmoil previous and I'm sure at board level they were saying, gee, we're going to have to come clean here and we're going to have to go out and, and, you know, football is all about the supporters. So I think that was a little, there was a lot of chatter going on. And what I remember is that in 88, they were going to come out and say it then. And, and they, they actually did. They had a rally in October 89 yeah. where they raised, we raised 165000 I think it was. And we gathered every souvenir and we had a, you know, massive family day and everyone turned up and it was great. But Fuchgrey had just beaten us to the, we were going to come out with this campaign then um, and they came out first. And remember the day of Irene Chatfield where she um, they had to take them to court. And they were fairly well advanced, I think, in being moved on interstate or whatever. So they had a really big rally. And I know the uh, the cheer squad, a couple of people telling me out of that, that Richmond, St Kilda and Collingwood cheer squads went in their their, uh, their tribal colours, if you will, <laughs> and marched in and they had a massive day and they raised a lot of money uh, very quickly. And it, it that really held us in good stead the next year because a lot of those cheer squads yeah. came and really supported us and it, because it wasn't just about Richmond Football Club by then, it was it was very real. We lost Fitzroy, Fitzgray were, were um, on, on the uh, ropes as well. And so and the, it was the football people that sort of stood up for us and said, this is bigger than Richmond and, and, and that was great. So if you, there was a build-up to, to yeah. that rally before then that was behind the scenes, I guess. I mean, I look at... Um... Um, in the annual report of 1990, it's a significant annual report and it lists all those who contributed donations or products or services or many hours of Mm. work and commitment to Mm. the campaign. And we're talking, that's just pages full. But if you scan down Mm. it, there's the Fitzroy Cheer Squad, the Footscray Cheer Mm. Squad, the North Melbourne Foot Cheer Squad, Collingwood. I mean, every cheer Mm. squad had some connection to it. Sydney Mm. Swans, Mm. for instance, is listed there as well, obviously. Mm. What was your role? at this stage? I was assistant to the marketing manager, which was Pauline Satchel at the time, um, and I oversaw the supporter groups, the uh, Titus Tunup, which is the first level of the sponsor groups, and um, the Coterie, the oh, Cheer Squad, really? the memberships, and the Tiger Club Cubs that you may have been one day <laughs> a long time ago. I suspect, uh, yes. The Tunup group I, in 1990 had a, in the annual report it says it had a large increase of about 28%, the Tunup group. Yes, yeah, yeah. It certainly gained a swell. When the Titus Turn Up group was a lot of fun, you know, it was level entry and so it, it was good. It had people really dedicated but wanted to be that little bit more involved in, in the club and come to a lunch or yeah. afternoon tea and, and a real com- camaraderie occurred out of uh, that Turn Up club. Yeah, and that, that was my baby, I guess. I made some good friends out of it. And I think we only had like 1,600 adult members that year, I think there was more over like three thousand, but really sixteen hundred adult members prepared to pay up, and you know that was part of the problem. We weren't doing well on the field, and mm. it was really hard in the membership area to be selling memberships, particularly particularly if you didn't win the first two, uh, first one or two games, yeah. which I think we tended not to do. So people aren't just going to put their hard-earned dollars across in the day. I think it's changed now. If you're not a member, it's just, like we just, it's so crucial. It just really builds strong clubs. So, um, 
yeah, that was part of the demise, and that had been de- decreasing over over the years. So. Mm. When when do you remember when you were first aware of the plan for the Save Our Skins campaign? Around I remember, that? yeah, I remember it being at uh, around that uh, end of eighty nine when more or less it was like, oh, Footscray have beaten us to it. <laughs> They're coming out. We'll be respectful. We won't jump in, and because that, you know that they needed the help, they needed to gain get their money. But we did run our big rally, and it was around. I think sort of incorporating the family day or just out of it. So you know they did come out then, Neville right. Crow, I believe, and go right, guys, we're in trouble here. But I don't think they were as open or was you know as as what as it came out the next year, you know, the next August, because we had a really right. bad season. Yeah. So that's my first in, uh, remembering uh, of it. But it, the planning then went into play uh, behind the scene, you know, quietly, what we would do and how would it look. And see, of course, at the end of the season, there's not a lot of souvenirs left. So you've got to. So we had to get a stockpile and we never had enough. But we thought we did, but we didn't <laughs> um, in, in the lead up. And then that's so then the official time was that, that August, August well, now 1999. You, now you're... You test my memory here. I remember there was a yeah, so there there was a family day type event at Punt Road, mm. which included amazing the things you remember. They were you would put um, coins around the boundary line, uh, loose coins. You would just you know how far can you get coins around the boundary line at Punt Road, sort of thing. Oh, um, we did too, yeah. And it was yeah. just it's a, it's incredible the small things you have. So I'm 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 sort of going to date that as as what you're talking about as that um, sort of rally oh, slash. Yeah. Um, family day. Yes, and it was a one day. It was in eight. It was end of eighty nine. Yeah. Was, you know, so that would so be that, and then yeah. and then as you're saying, the next year is when they start their sort of um, TV campaign. Yeah. Um, and and that. So, did you have a direct yeah. involvement in the TV campaign in your area? Well, yeah. Well, Pauline drove that. Gotcha. Pauline yep. um, Satchel with Cameron, and they um, the advertising company. They they were the ones that. Hmm. Uh, drove it and came with the concept of it and they went yeah you know whilst it's a bit bloody it, it is yeah, what wasn't it? they had to get really serious about it like nothing had worked in that previous couple of years they had like 20 litigation ca- cases they hadn't quite worked out that That's you can't right. just sack people right. i was still running as a football club right, as opposed to say the hawthorne and calling that were starting to move more into that corporate mm-hmm. i think hawthorne even had like a ticker tech sort of division yes. they had a different definite um event division and you know some of the other clubs hadn't quite caught up to to doing that so it's still run as a, a footy club so you know it really was a serious time and all credit to Neville Crow and Cameron Swab for coming out and just being really honest I mean yeah. be honest and come out and say we really need to help people yeah and I think that's the big takeaway is that they weren't sugarcoating anything no um, and I, I listened to, to Neville's speech not long ago and he said you know you know the the consequences of this. You know, we we, mm. we merge, we go somewhere else, or that's mm. the end of mm. Richmond. You know, an inconceivable thought. Mm. And at that at that stage, my father, so he'd become coach in '88. Uh, yes, yes, '88, and he was told, obviously not long after that, of the sort of the financial issues behind the scenes, mm. and the club mm. sort of does this campaign. Now, how many people are in the marketing area? Oh yeah, it's just three. So I think we had 
there was, say, seven in total. Right. Uh, there was, you know, Leonian accounts. Debbie was assistant to Cameron. Um, Julie was our IT. Uh, Pauline, there was Joy Irvine, who was uh, Bill Meeklem's, you know, partner. Yes. She was terrific because she just knew everyone. She'd been there for 100 years. Yes, she knew true. Everyone loved her, so she was terrific. And then on three boys down in the... In the um, in the footy department, Doug Vickers, you know, the very... Oh, um, Doug Vickers, there's a basketball Barry Rollins. yes. Yeah, so there wasn't a lot of us, uh, and we didn't oh, guess any... Was he there too? Yeah, John yeah, Waldrop was Waldrop. in that football yeah. um, division as, right. in, as well. So, And we were under the grandstand, you oh, know. Was that where you made, were at your office? Yeah, little offices there. The social club had closed down before I got there. And, you know, I can I kind of, if I think really hard, can still smell when the possum, that's, you come in in the morning and they be through that old grandstand, you know, the possum smell. And yeah. so half the office was up where the, you know, the boardroom was mm-hmm. and you had to make sure, and then the change room and then these other offices where Correct. the rest of us sat, and Cam, including Cameron. And, you, you know, you had to make sure that you'd put all your money back in the safe before the boys come in for training because you couldn't go through. <laughs> That's yeah, right. like, yeah, how this works, you know. You're right, you had to walk through the... Cha- d- yes, exactly right. The layout was yeah. completely wrong, configured for... Yeah. <laughs> then I, I guess that's, you know, they had to make the best of what they had because they had nothing. And I remember talking to my dad, he was President Barry Connolly, President of the Golden Valley Footy League for a number of years, and I remember saying to him, Dad... I think Sheffield United Footy Club sort of ran more organised than here. There was just a stack of files in the corner and Cameron and uh, Debbie had been working through setting setting all of that up. So what Cameron Sob worked walked into was, was really a shell. That's how I saw it, yeah. you know. And yeah, so there was certainly work to be yeah, done. It in that wasn't a professional there wasn't a professional setup that some no. people listening to this may think there was. Absolutely mm. not. Nowhere mm. near it. Mm. Mm. The club was lucky. Debt, to, sorry, yeah. gone. No, I think the debt was about one point seven million. Um, Gary Krause, senior vice president, mm. he tipped in four hundred thousand of his own. Um, own own money. And wow, you know, just so the, there was just no money. I always know that there was no money. So part of my role too was the souvenirs, and I was just getting into getting into the souvenirs. But I had to sell what we had before we could, and then use that money to buy more more souvenirs to, and oh. uh, increase our range, which, you know, which we did over time and that was great because you always had people coming in and wanting and it was just a missed opportunity for not have something to sell to them. Um, but and, and sometimes I honestly used to think I had the only cash flow in the place because I'd go to get change and there'd be these little um, notes going, I owe you from the footy department, gone, you know, recruit in, you know, Mildura or somewhere and I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. And I used to say, now make sure to Leone, make sure you kind of write those notes down because, you know, that's my money because I need to buy more souvenirs. Like, that's where we're at. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. What, what, was the, uh, what was the most common souvenirs people were looking for? Oh, footballs were good, uh, jumpers, and, and then just the little, little things, badges, um, anything you could get signed photos they just come by anything they were so excited and to be have made this pilgrimage to to the shell of a club really was what it was but we made the most of it we made a nice little (laughs) cabinet and continued to fill it up and we certainly made the most of it and people bother to come into the club then you know you've got to stop what you're doing and go and uh, chat with them yeah it was uh, yeah it was fun i remember Um, a couple of events firstly there was the Save Our Skins Rally. So that was a large rally that took place at the MCG. Um, yeah. Some of your yeah. listeners would, some of our listeners will probably remember 
go into, and that included, that culminated in a few people giving speeches, including old Jack Dyer, who was still around. Mm. Mm. His, that uh, was the absolute pinnacle of, of that 10 weeks. That's really what we worked hard at going at, getting every um, former player there that we wow. could. And it, it, that was really, we did a lot of stuff and we were absolutely overwhelmed. Like as soon as Neville announced it, the phones just started ringing and uh, people from all over, you know, Victoria and interstate, what can we do? What can we do? And I know a couple of the cheer squad members came and said, oh, I've got a couple of days, I've, I've got a couple of days annual leave I've taken, I'll come and answer phones. And I'll just give them this pile of telephone messages and going, get a notepad, ring yeah. these people, who they are, what they want, you know, and they'd be all over. And then we could, from that, really, um, so many more than we had even planned for, they were able to send our players out to, you know, Warrnambool, Madura, everywhere. Wodonga to John Perry's hotel up in Wodonga, yes. who was a former player. There was, you know, was, and, and they were great. So, the, you know, the... the um, they certainly rallied the, the Tiger Army in that mm. day. Uh, uh, rallied for that cause, and so so, so we're trying to manage that. And then we were having um, the that was the big deal. Anyone was good. Melbourne Cricket Club were good. Anyone that could, what can we do? All the players, what can we? Uh, former players, and Jack Dyer had retired from public life, and we were we were never to approach him. And that was you know that's fine. That's respectful. We spoke to him through his. Um, uh, daughter, oh. but but it was also uh, we are you know we're respectful of that, but we really need you today. Hmm. So we we though I know that um, I think Cameron they put that miss they went and approached him and they were absolutely I remember the buzz about wow he's going to come he's going <laughs> to come but he's not going to say anything. So they're great. We're just so happy that he was going to come. And also those that in so thirty years ago, a lot of people still remember how how great the seventies and eighties were. They still had that you know that passion. They knew, and so then there were famous players now oh, yeah. that were coming. Um, and they, I think they brought them out in decades as well. Uh, and so I think ten thousand people turned up, and and it must have got the better of Jack Dyer because he was not going to speak. And that's fine, mm. but he did. And he got up and spoke. And I think anyone that was there that day would, would it's like, you know, I remember that. And mm. he, you know, spoke about, you know, give up your bingo for a while. And, That's true. Uh, the VFL aren't going to tell us what to do. Right. And uh, I remember, um, of course, I was working, but I was standing in the grandstand and I just, and, you know, being a Richmond <laughs> supporter as well of old, it, that is the real standout for me. And, we, you know, we took um, 300 grand that day. Did we really? Mm-hmm. And you know, sold all the souvenirs. We had everything going that we that we could, and and I just think, and I think if people, you know, re I remember about the, what they remember would be about that. And they'd be able to tell you about who spoke or who they saw. It was just that really, yeah, that was. Yeah. So we were wrapped with how that went. Um, we did other things as well. We had the uh, le le legends match. Do you remember against Carlton, Carlton at Windy Hill? Yes. Yeah. Rex Hunt yeah. commentated, I think, almost for the first yeah. time. And Tom Hayfield coached Richmond, yes. and uh, but and Rex Hunt commentated. Now, I'm not sure if that was the beginning of his commentary. You know what? It, I think it was. He he. I sat on the ground next to him, so he. Someone brought out a large, a long microphone cable. <laughs> he just stood on the ground of Windy Hill. Well, do you know what's really funny about that? And now I'd wish that I'd known that you were next to him. But I, and I was working. I don't. I didn't hear any of the commentary, so I don't know where I was. It was there somewhere else. But 
he we didn't record the commentary but we recorded the game and the phone rang off the on monday to get the game again yeah they didn't want the game they wanted his commentary yes, on the game you did and I, I think it comes through in the speakers if you watch the videotape i think you can hear it a little bit because uh, okay. yeah. you know, dad, dad dad handballs and he says you know oh my god is that is that real Kevin Bartlett's handballed, you know, all that sort of thing. Because yes, they were all sort of there. Was, um, he was fantastic. Yeah. So that was another Weird. great day. It was a sellout, and it was yeah, and it created buzz, you know, it really. Um, and we had the the shaking of the cans. That taught me that it is really that two dollars that makes a difference. And I remember them rolling up the, you know, the old tiger that was laid, the oh, tiger skin they'd yes. have on the boardroom table. Colonel skin from the thirties or whatever. Yeah. And for weeks, it was where they counted the money, and yes. we have uh, the, the supporters. The, sorry, the the cheer squad members or whoever, whoever is available, the the board, whoever could come and count money, and we just counted for weeks. And you know that that shaking that can, which was done by all the cheer squads, was done by anyone. Like, uh, you said you took took a can away. That anyone that could and filled it and brought it back. And I actually don't know how much we raised out of, but it was a lot of money, and that that also made a difference. Mm. And and there was really um, good moments that kept you going. Like everyone was so. We were so tired, like we just every day, seven days a week for the whole campaign, we all turned up and you had to try and coordinate because even that, that's a job in itself, you know, people wanting to help, but it also took um, some organising. But I remember Cameron walking in and going, oh, I run Craig Kimberley, who was president of the Swans at the time, and I'm just James, and I've just got off the phone from Craig Kimberley, who's donating 10 grand. And we've all just gone, really? Oh, wow. Like, it was, And that was early on and it was yes, just it was. one of those things that made you go i think we're on the right track here i think that was if not the largest or one of the largest single person donations that they received mm. and you're right it was right near the start that sort mm. of gave it a bit of a an impetus for other people you know other mm. people in companies mm. to sort of put their their money behind it too the the shaking of the can so my memory is that alice wheels dear old alice mm. wheels uh, mm -hmm. who became the first female life member of the club. She mm -hmm. had a tin of empty, those wonderful cans that you would shake with the, the logos on it, which I think were provided by Gadsden Australia or someone like that, one of the major sponsors. Yeah. So Gadsden made the cans for CUB and Gadsden right. were, and the TAC were the major sponsors of, um, TAC was major sponsor, then Gadsden was next um, of, of Richmond at the time. Oh, right. So mm. there's the connection. Um, I think... I think Bill Duggan was the sort of the contact. Is that right at Gadsden? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was the corporate yeah. affairs manager according to the, the annual report. Mm. And I remember you would take a tin and off you would go and I went with my sister Cara and we stood out the front of the, the ground and a guy dropped off a, a tub of 50 cent pieces that he had won at the pokies. And so oh, we put that in the tin. Really? Yeah, and so we're, we're carrying it back sort of thing and you put it back in the box where Alice is and you take your next tin sort of thing. And then yeah. that would end up being walked over most likely to Punt Road. Thank God it was, you know, we're talking 200 metres away. And opened and then tipped onto the table and away went the counting. You would have seen, yeah. you would have seen behind the scenes. So can you give us a picture yeah. of what was the setup like? And I remember there was just these lovely dear old ladies who were counting <laughs> the money and making sure... I think sure the word that comes to mind is madness, really. It was just madness. It was just sort of on the fly... And like I said, we were overwhelmed. Even though we were prepared, we were just overwhelmed, which is great, you know, by the response. But Alice Wills led at the time a team of women called Team 89. They were all um, mm -hmm. probably ladies in their 70s and 
they were they used to come in once a month and sit in the change room and we put long tables out and bring sandwiches and tea and they all had a very prestigious team eighty nine badge and it was very you know yeah, yeah that was very exclusive, good to be a team yep. exclusive so it and yep. they would fold up our fighting tiger newsletter once a month. Oh right, yes. And they would come from all over Melbourne, and uh, that that was their job. So we um, mobilised Team Eighty Nine wherever we could, and you know they sold souvenirs, and and they worked. It. So they were your they were your old age, uh, you know, cheer, cheer, um, cheer squad, yes. if you will. Yeah. You know, uh, David Norman he led that he was president of the cheer squad at that time. So they all worked closely. I never saw anyone say no to Alice Wills, as we very well know. <laughs> so you know that was Correct. that was good, and we just all worked. You know side by side there was just counting to be done phones to be answered stalls to be set up you know we're running out of souvenirs where can we get any more what can we do uh, sponsors had their place where they could and they weren't always our sponsors and i think some of this was behind the scenes but i think it's about twenty five thousand dollars to put a full page ad in the sun so there was a full page out of that campaign tv campaign you mentioned and there was one i think about the rally and and they were paid by i'm not sure who as well so there was a lot of people so trying to do whatever they could and we took every offer and every opportunity um to to um to raise money and to just make it make it all work. Uh, we were pretty tired at the end. I know that. That's for, that's for sure. And people just love coming in and seeing. And some of you know, kids definitely. I can heaps come in with their their little money box and you know, handed it over, and it was a ceremony. And you had to give them that five minutes. So not only were you trying to do everything else, you'd you'd, you'd just be like, oh, thanks, and they want to chat, and then yeah, you know, the right. pensioners yep. coming in. Uh, coming in with their ten dollars, and that ten dollars or five—it was just as important as the someone who was given five hundred dollars. And I think it was that the smaller amounts that definitely, really, you know, got us that. Million, I think we netted the million dollars, and we grossed about one and a half too, because there was a lot of expenses. You can't just run, you know, rallies and and things and buy souvenirs and all mm. that without there being, you know, some cost to it. But uh, I think, you know, your dad did a great job. I know that coaches who are measured by how many games they win and lose, that's what history tells you. But, you know, he, he was the absolute keeper of faith. And I, I've said that to people in conversation that, you know, your, uh, Kevin Butler gave people hope. You know, Cameron Swab, the Swab name, old Richmond name, and and Neville, they absolutely yeah. gave people hope and and trust, and people trusted those guys and said, "Yep, yeah, right, we're we're getting on your bus. We're gonna we're gonna make this work. This is about the people. The people own football, and it was a really great thing to be part of for sure. You know, I've always felt how lucky we were that it happened at that time. You had, mm, you had yes. Neville as the president. You had so you had Crow, a huge name in Richmond. You had mm. Swab, a, a huge name in Richmond mm-hmm. history. Bartlett. So you've got those three sort of people who become sort of figureheads in their own in their own way. Mm. That you've got those names. You've got Dyer, who was still alive at the time. You've got yes players from the well back then would have been even from the 30s onwards, 30s, 40s, 50s. You know Max Oppie and Roy Wright and all these sort of those great players, Ron Branton, who, who yeah. appear at the rally. You, you see, you look in the vision, you look in the crowd, and I just pick them out one by one. There's Desro, there's Max Oppie. And it's that's just true. incredible that's, to think that they and came And those past players, yeah. we can't forget that they, they gave, I think, all the money they had, which was about 25000 
Yeah, I think I think the past plays and then gave the largest amount. That was, yeah. That was received. Um, yeah. And I think I think at this time, oh, Tommy Allen might have been the president of the past players, I suspect, at yeah. that stage. Um, and and then, our marketing committee too, you know, tre- there was Trevor McGinley and Paul oh, yes. Allen. And, uh, oh, Eric Leach, yes. Bob yeah. Phillips, and, uh, you know, Phillips. they were terrifically supportive of us and they knew how hard we were working so that they, you know, they would all come in. So I, I have memories of working side by side with, with those guys as well. You know, it just it took a whole village. It just took so many people to, to achieve it. So whilst, yes, we were, I was employed there with our team, a small team, you just can't imagine them. And you, you've just said it before that the annual report, there would have been pages of people mm. because that's how it was. And, and it was great in great in that. Um, it was just great to, to be a part of that, for sure. I was going to say, concluded on the 31st of October, 1990. Now, mm. we've, we've made over the target. Um, how do you hear the news? Is there a, does everyone get together and make an announcement, do you recall? Or was it just... We were getting close, we were getting closer, we've made it. Do you remember sort of? Yeah, we were getting close. I think three weeks before the end, um, Pauline Satchel, the marketing manager, had taken an, another job. And look, that was a great opportunity for her. So she left. We were on a home run and we were we were knowing we were getting close. So hmm. uh, I can remember it being perhaps an anticlimax in some respects until Neville probably got up and said, you know, thank you, we've done it. Uh, and it was like, okay, can I go home now? <laughs> can I have tomorrow off or something like, you know, I think we were so, you, you just, we were all so exhausted, so, which is how, it, it, yeah, I can't, isn't that funny? I can't quite remember. I'm certainly, we weren't partying into the late hours. I think we are all tucked up in bed for sure. <laughs> we were just like smashed. And did you... Well, what happened? What happened the next day or the following few weeks? Did you? Was there a celebration in the marketing area? Did you? Call her out? I know that. I know Cameron spoke to us all as a group and you know said thank you and we mm-hmm. were and we just had a chat and yeah you know we didn't go we weren't jumping on tables we were just like thanks but what they did do was you know Cam because you didn't there was no more wage we worked seven days a week we just just probably 12 hours a day everybody but people were doing that for nothing I mean you didn't expect to get paid but at the end uh, ANSET gave us uh, Cameron had arranged that we got and I don't know whether ANSET paid or the club but two tickets to anywhere in Australia and there was no budget airline in that day and we were all like wow thanks we're almost like wow that's really um, amazing that they actually we didn't expect it we really and we wouldn't have sought anything out we were just pleased it was that we got our target as a whole team but I think everybody went to Perth when they had the chance in the next 12 months because the flights were about six or seven hundred dollars (laughs) return in the day so it's like where are you going we're all going to Perth so we did you end up in Perth (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we uh, ended up in Perth too, so that was that was good. But that was a, a nice reward. But I have a memory too of uh, so you know Butch Gray came out there rally. We came out the next year, and I just remember thinking a couple of years ago when in um, uh, when Butch Gray won the the Bulldogs, Western Bulldogs won the grand final, and I thought, wow, you know, well done them, well done to all those people. So uh, my dad had played at Butch Gray a few games in. Uh, the late 50s and he was really good friends with John Schultz, the Brownlow medalist who went on to 
to uh, hand hand over the the Premiership Cup. So that was pretty emotional. My dad's passed on now, and that was pretty emotional. And and I thought I know John was there when that when they had their rally, and it's had remained in the past, has remained in the past place all those years since the fifties. And it's really great to for him. And then who'd have thought the next year <laughs> up pops Richmond. I'm not sure if you believe in the universe, but it's just like how ironic these two clubs that saved themselves in these two years uh, that came out two years, a long time later, and, and won uh, the grand finals. And I was lucky enough to go as a guest of Australian Paper Recyclers and I was there and, and, and I, at half time I ran into Eric Leach oh. and he looks at me coming toward and, and I look at him and he, and he gives me this massive hug and he's just like, did you ever, did you ever think? And I know he was talking about the Save Our Skins campaign. Because he was our, our marketing director, ex-player marketing director, yeah. and he's still there. And I just loved, I loved it. We all loved that we won, but I loved it for those people. And he said, we're, we're down in, I don't know, Bay 16 or something, and it's just amazing. And it's just, I was so pleased for, for those Eric Leaches of the world, those ones that uh, had have stayed the distance with the football club back right back to that day, and you know, well before I was there, so... So there's some, well, there's some good stories and good memories come out of it. I, I've said the 2017 flag meant something extra for those who were around Save Our Skins, mm. for those who were there at, in, in 88, 89, 90. Mm. Um, oh, when that siren went in 2017, Butler kicks the goal or whatever the moment is that sort of seals it for you. I, I remember, I, I, it's very strange how your brain works. I was behind the goals and Butler kicks the goal and we're 40 points in front of whatever it is. And I think back, my brain takes me back to save our skins mm. off shaking a tin out the front of the ground. And it's incredible how memory works. And then it means more, I feel, for those who were there back in 88, 89, 90, because you saw yeah. how bad things were. Oh, absolutely. And it wasn't just, it wasn't a facade. It wasn't mm. over-exaggerated. It was, it was near the end, mm. and so when the un, the unthinkable happens, <laughs> you're there. You start to cry, and I'm not the only person who cries on Grand Final Day. But mm. you start to cry, and then I sort of start to laugh, and I think to myself, "We're here. How's this? <laughs> mm. Is this mm. the end of the journey?" And then there's another one. So 2017, there was. I, I'm not sure there'll be another feeling better than that, for me, for I Richmond. Than that, um, no matter how wonderful it is that we raised the money, there was an incredible relief then, and then there was another relief, strangely enough, at the end of 2017. Yes, absolutely. Because and it I, connects I it, doesn't it? It's connected. It does. It's yeah. It started almost in '89, doesn't it? Of where we yes. are. Yeah. Well, the it, success now connected. couldn't be, couldn't have happened without what happened back mm. then. And I did, and I did read where they came out, and they said we can't rely on the history, you know, that we've got to come out. So this era, not so much of winning the grand final um, that couple of years ago, but you know, did that start the moment they decided not to be defined by their past? And in the other side, but is I do agree with that. We can't be hanging on to the '73 and '74 grand final, and wow, you know, the Barrett Burke Clay centre line. Mm. We, but we. It has its place to remember, and I think the Save Our Skins campaign will have its place to remember. And but I really kind of liked the idea that they said you know, we need to make our own <laughs> history now going forward. And I don't know, was that a year or two before they won the grand final? I think so, yes. 
Yeah, and I just think that it's nice to have, and I think it's nice to have a defining moment through the history of your football club and, and the grand finals are the, the standouts for sure. And But I think that Save Our Skins will always be a defining moment. And and uh, you, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said that people will go, people go, oh, I remember I gave 10 bucks to them and look where they are today. People, because football... Supporters own own the football. They own the clubs, you know. And and how good's that for someone to say that that they they yeah. gave ten in the in the day, yep. and you know they gave ten bucks of their hard earned two dollars. I put you know all the other supporters saying I put two dollars in yep. that tin of that young boy on the corner of uh, of the road that day, and, and it becomes a, it becomes a family story too. In years to come, yeah. you know, my grandfather, you know, gave money when the tigers were down. That sort of thing, or you know. And so mm. it becomes a story that stays in your families. Yes. Uh, as Richmond might win another premiership winner, they win another one, or, you know, if things get bad. So it sort of, it doesn't stop that memory. It sort of continues. Um, mm. Mm. Well, I think, I think I should just end by saying thank you, not, not for the interview, but also for everything that you and your marketing uh, ladies did back then on behalf of all the Richmond supporters. <laughs> Um, past oh, and present. Um, oh, that's very nice of you, Red. Um, we'll, we'll never comprehend the extraordinary hours behind the scenes that you worked on. But you've given us an insight yeah. in, into how incredible and taxing it would have been. So we're genuinely very, very grateful for everything yeah. that you did. Oh, look, it's been great to sort of then, you know, try and remember with a while ago. and It's also one of those things you go... Would you really have done it if you knew what you're in for? Um, you know, absolutely. But you, it was, yeah, it was full on. But uh, it's, yeah, there's some great memories and a lot of proud people. And that's the club that it is. And I guess Eric Leach, you know, epitomised that when I ran into him. And you know, he's like, did you ever? You know, just a keeper of the faith. You know, he's just a terrific fellow. So, so yeah. So I hope that. And I think you know, anyone that perhaps has, has listened to this will have. They'll have their own memories. Oh yeah, I remember when. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Thanks, thank you. Reps. Oh, it was, a, it was a pleasure.